Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And today we are talking about the book Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Mm-hmm. And per usual, I've got my coffee all ready mm-hmm. to go here. Got my refill, you know, because yes. I'm not going to lie. I'm on my second cup, <laughs> as you can probably tell by how fast I'm talking. Um, well, hey, and... keep it up. Keep it up. Have, have energy for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, for reals. Uh, you've I had a rough my, week. I'm sorry. I've had, I have my pretend coffee because I can't have coffee that works. right now. So That works. It's okay. It's really sad. Um, and it's a rainy day here, so it's like, oh, I want yes. coffee. So That's yeah. me too. Yes. It's actually rainy here too. Can really? you believe it? We have the same weather. Really? Yeah. It's been really exciting this week because usually I try to pretend that like 70s in the morning is cool, yes. you know, cold. Yes. And um, this week it got down into like the high 50s this morning. <gasps> you or didn't like yesterday even have to pretend? I oh don't my have goodness. to pretend. Blessings. <laughs> yes. And then today I woke up and it was rainy. And I'm like, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I love a good rainy day. I love a, a good rainy day. However, I think it's supposed yeah, to one. rain for the next like three days. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's a bit much. I would prefer not, but okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like a good rainy day yeah. to curl up yes. with a coffee and a book and, you know, yes. let it rain. Yeah. Let it rain. <laughs> Open the plug. I'll oh, stop. I would anyway. join you if I knew the words. <laughs> That's some old MWS right there. I mean, I, it's vaguely familiar. But, yeah, you know. MWS worship. You're so much Smith. older than me, so. I know. I know, exactly. You know, three years more <laughs> worth of music. <laughs> well, actually, I feel like that one was probably like early 2000s, maybe. Oh, okay, but never mind. Late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. somewhere. I have been feeling old lately. Me too, girl. I've been hanging out with some younger people, and it's like, I am not that old. All of a sudden, I feel really defensive. <laughs> Like, I'm still in my 30s, so don't treat me like I'm your mother. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I keep getting, like, we've got a guy at our church who's, like, interning with the youth, you know? Uh He's, like, in seminary. But he's probably, I mean, if I had to guess, he's I'd say he's, like, late 20s. Okay. But it's so funny. Like, I helped with this one um, activity, like, setting up for this activity. They were going to have a food fight, like an outdoor food fight. Okay. And so I was helping, like, mix up some glop mm. stuff, you know. Fun. And, um, yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> and it was so funny because he kept saying stuff like, I need mom help with this or oh, whatever. <laughs> burn. And I was like, oh. Or, like, I've got a mom question. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, Did you tell him, okay, hey, what dude, is it? if you want a mom to keep helping you, <laughs> you're going to have to like, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Give it 10 years, buddy. I'm coming for you. I got a dad question. No. I'm totally... T- I, I love this. I love this guy. He's a really nice yeah. guy. And I think he's really yeah. fun and stuff. But I just was like, oh, yeah, that sounds about I mean, right. I'm there. I'm, I'm okay there. with being, like, the mom. As long as I... I don't know. Like, just, just recently, like... Oh, yeah, we've had some encounters where it's like, oh, you're as old as my mom. And it's like, but I wanted <laughs> to be up. your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just your gal Can I still what be are you your talking friend? About? I, I feel like I just <laughs> left college, so. I know, right? Yeah. And and then I'm like, well, maybe about... I look like a f- mom, like a 40-year-old mom, you know? Yeah, I'm not trying to pretend I look anything other than well, my age because I don't. I still I, refuse honest, to put on those mom jeans. I just I oh, know no. they're in, and I know 18 year olds wear them, but I just don't I know what's it would a... help my cause. No, I think the irony of the situation is that if I put on the young jeans, I will look even more like a mom. Exactly. So that's <laughs> the irony here is not lost on me. Exactly. Oh. oh. Anyway. I mean, life, there's an Laura. actual sketch, Mom Jeans. I know. I know. There's a there's a gif. 
there's an SNL. There's, although that is probably how old. That's probably pretty, yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, it's old. Knife to the heart. We're not old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Just embrace it. Go with it. I just don't want other people to see me as that. I'm fine with seeing myself as that. I've, I've, you know, I, I think I'm mostly okay with it, but definitely be like, I think I was where you are when you, when I was there. Like 38. But now I'm like, screw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I just, I, I know I'm old now, whatevs, you know. I still want to glean from those who are older than me. Oh yes, for sure. Like that never stops. I, I, think. I don't think I that think ever stops, be... but I think that there has been a shift where people who are younger than me are like, oh, she is that person. And I'm like, no, yes, no, no, I'm not. For sure. No. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know. I just can't get on I, board. Well, yes, I mean, I know people are like looking at me going, oh, she's wiser than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she's old. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish that was true. Yeah. But I Can't I just you. be wiser and younger? <laughs> wiser but still young <laughs> right. um well but here's my th- i mean up until probably late 30s seriously i just thought everyone was my age mm. i don't know like, I, know. I just assumed every oh they're probably about my age i and know for probably a good 10 or so years i know nah they're younger yeah. see that's exactly <laughs> where i am right now yes 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 oh everybody's yeah. my age even oh, they should I probably mean, about my age yeah yeah <laughs> Dude, she just graduated college. She's well, yeah, not. But I just wait. Yeah. I know, right? I have. A I know. You said something the other day. I know. I know. But you know, if you look at it that way, I mean, he would have been really young if you had actually had him. So I, I mean, know. See, I still have that. You know, I still have that. Um, that little loophole there. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so, but I didn't give birth to him 13 years so ago. So you would have been like a, <laughs> practically a teen bride. Exactly. A teen I mean. bride. <laughs> Anywho. I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on. All anyway. that to say, I don't know. I don't even remember <laughs> what we were talking about, which does not, does not help my cause. But... <laughs> oh. Sorry. I think we're on a book club podcast. What were we talking about? Are we going to talk about a book? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Memory loss is nothing to laugh at. It's not. Do you remember the joke about memory loss? No. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, because there's nothing funny about memory loss. Oh, is that the joke? No, I made that up. Okay. I stole it. I stole it. It was from um, uh, a movie where it's like, remember the joke about dehydration? Exactly, because nothing's funny about dehydration. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That's anyway. true, folks. Nothing is funny but about the great dehydration. Thing about, do you remember the joke about memory loss? Right. I get it. I get it. So you're not stupid. You're just old. <laughs> Well, hey, that could work to my advantage, you know? I could start to use that. I'm just old. I can't remember. I'm just old. I once knew calculus. <laughs> I never did. I never did. And I sent Nathan a gift the other day that said, the only thing, or no, the only type of math that I need to know is you plus me equals forever. <laughs> cheese. I know, total cheese, but it really is the only math I know. And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> the only math I know is you do the math because right. I don't want to. <laughs> or just speak it into your phone. Yes, I am that lazy. <laughs> You plus me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is such cheese. I know. It was really stupid. Okay. But we were sending each other <laughs> gifts. Like, okay. 
send each other the fourth gif uh, when you type in the word love. Like it was just a, I don't know. We do this every once in a while and it's just kind of fun. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I want to try that game. Or like we would make sentences with the middle word of everything that you type. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. My kids love that. You introduced them to that game and now they always oh, yeah. are like, can it's I so use fun. your phone? I don't know why, but it just is. It is. You have to limit yourself though. Like we'll do yeah, three, you, do. you know? Yes. Anyway. Okay. Okay, so seriously, yeah. we really will talk about a book here. Here we go. Um, so I'm just going to read a little thing from the jacket because yes. I didn't want to have to, you know. Yeah, to, yeah. Anyway, it just says, from a former Marine and Yale Law School graduate, a probing look at the struggles of America's white working class through the author's own story of growing up in a poor Rust Belt town. So that's pretty much mm-hmm. a synopsis right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the author is, I thought, I found this interesting. The, it's, the author is J.D. Vance, mm-hmm. but throughout the book, he doesn't identify himself with the name Vance. Oh, um, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so I was like, when did he change his last name, or did he change it legally? Huh. Or is it just that that's what he calls himself now? Or maybe because he didn't Vance... want to put his family name on there. Yeah, and I can't remember who who Vance's, where Vance came from. Vance, I feel Vance like it refrigeration? was this, Vance refrigeration. Yes. <laughs> um, that's what it automatically goes. Yes. To the end, but, you know. Yes. Um, but I feel like that was his, maybe his mom's. Oh, was okay. it his, was it his papa's? Mm. I, I can't remember. I don't, was that I his papa's know. name? I... Or what? It might've been his, his mama's because he calls him mama yes and papa uh-huh papa papa mm-hmm. i don't know how but anyway i think um i think that's what i said in my head okay um but i think it was it i think it might have been his mama's dad's name okay if i'm remembering okay right. but like he it, it is a family name right but it's not his name right um but of course he had he had a lot of, like, father figures come in and out of his life. Right, because his mom and, was pretty unstable. Right. And so I think he probably just wanted to go back to a name that was rock solid in the yeah. family and really did come from somewhere. Yeah. And so he kind of went further back. Yeah. Um, but I found it interesting that he wrote under that name, and I wondered whether that was legally his name now or if he just, that's just how he. Yeah, I don't to, know you know, identify as I didn't himself. even notice that, so. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, so initial thoughts about the book. Yeah. Let's just start broad yeah. and then we yeah. can kind of go narrow. Um, I thought that it was interesting to look into an Appalachia family background. That yeah. was very interesting to me to see the culture And to really, you know, it's so easy to look at different cultures or, you know, different, um, even American um, cultures and uh, put a label on them. And um, yeah, for I guess it showed me a lot more um, the pride behind being um, from the mountains, you know, and, and yeah. the, the, I mean, there's a stigma that comes with that, but also just, um, the, the ethics and the, the, like code of reason, honor. Yeah. Code of honor. Yes. And the reason behind what they would, uh, do and why they would do it is, was just really yeah. intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, reading about that. And he gave, you know, lots of examples in the book. I think one that stood out to me was the Mountain Dew. The Mountain Dew. Um, oh my model. gosh. Yes. 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 Um, and, you know, that's a r- real thing. Like, moms giving their babies Mountain Dew um, and having these, like, rotting teeth, you know. And I can't remember the reason. Was it actually. The reasoning behind was it actually Mountain Dew, or was it just any soda? It might have been any soda, but he specifically did mention but they call Mountain it. Dew. 
I think. I feel like I was trying to figure out if that was just the name they use because it's Maybe. kind of a joke. Like, we live in the mountains and this is our Maybe. Mountain Dew. Right, which right. Which is soda in bottles. Like a play You know, like baby yeah. bottles. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been any. Yeah. Any soda. Yeah. But um, that was interesting to me. Um, the stories about his uncle where, um, like, how the, like, how they treated each other and certain lines that you could not cross. Otherwise, that was like an unwritten rule. Everybody knew. Yeah. If you said anything about anybody's mama, and that's a joke. Like, you know, people joke about right. that, but that's a real right. thing with them. Um, well, what I find is funny is that it's a joke about, I think it's coming from two different cultures. Yeah. I, I could be wrong because there's mama jokes, but yeah. those in my head have always been associated with African-American culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yes. And then, but in hillbilly culture, it's a whole different thing. Like mm-hmm. you genuinely don't say anything about my mama or I will beat the crap out of and you. And if I you mean, are the one getting beaten, you know you deserve it and you don't even complain about it. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're like, yeah. yeah, I deserve that. <laughs> Right. Because that's one thing that happened with with one of the yes. uncles. He totally beat a guy up and he's like, yeah, I deserved it. Yes. It's exactly. like, okay, all right, owning up to it, you know. Yeah. Um, But just the, the culture was so interesting to me. And, um, and the psychology behind it. Because he even talked about... Um, like, if you believe that hard work pays off, then you're going to work hard. But there's this mindset of the hillbillies that, uh, you know, you need to live off the government and you need to um, take every opportunity to, uh, you know, take whatever people can give you. And it's not it doesn't benefit you to work hard. Um, yeah. So that whole mindset was interesting. And then him yeah. actually being able to come out of that and totally change his philosophy on life um, was a, a semi miracle, really. Like, that. Yeah. How did he do that other than just pure drive? Um, was very, very interesting to me, too. So. Yeah. That's kind of like a broad, you know, what I thought yeah. of the book overall. But what about you? Like, what are some things that stood out to you? Um, For me, I definitely, there were moments of that for me where I was like, oh, this is interesting about the culture or, oh, I didn't know that about, um, you know, Appalachia or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I... I kind of wished overall that it had been more of a memoir and less of a, Hmm. like, study of... Hillbillies. That class of people in a certain area. Hmm. Okay. Um, Because I felt like he sort of looked at the culture um, a little more broadly than I would have hoped. For Hmm. me, I like a personal story where you just kind of tell your story. Yeah. And I can sort of see the culture through it. Hmm. And I almost felt like his, like... Yale lawyer side was coming through a lot where he sort of wanted to talk about, um, you know, this is what's happening to white working class people in the Rust Belt. Here's what they're, you know, and and I was like, bring it down. Like, what does that mean? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And he did. And he told a lot of stories um, about his upbringing and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I I sort of wished it was more just his story Mm. because I'm not going to lie. Some of it I was a little bit like. Okay, I'm bored now. Okay. You know, like, (laughs) if that makes sense. You know, like. See, and maybe the research part of me was like, oh, that's so interesting because. uh, Just because of. I mean, he did give statistics and, um, you know, a lot of information as well as stories. So I can understand, you know, where you would think. Yeah, I've. Yeah. I definitely felt like I could see. Um, sort of that training kicking in a lot. Yes. And and sort of, I've got to prove my side. Right. Um, 
and here's why I believe this about mm-hmm. my upbringing, or here's why I believe this is the case with the work ethic, yeah. or here's why, I, you know. And while that's totally fine, mm-hmm. and some people really might enjoy all of that, um, I sort of wished it was more of a pure story, mm. just because that's how I relate best. Mm. Um, yeah. And towards the end, I feel like he started doing more of the almost writing scenes of a book of like he's sitting in an interview and the interviewer says this and mm. then I and I'm talking about this and then oh and then I did this really stupid thing because I didn't know and it sort of injected some humor too like where he started telling stories about um this was you know I, I, it kind of started with actually with the interviews yeah um you know during law school and all of that <laughs> kind of thing and he's like um Oh, like the, the, the story about where he had to run to the bathroom and call his girlfriend to say, yeah. why are there seven forks? Like, yes. how do I, you know, like, yes. what do I do? Or, oh, what was it he said at some interview that was so funny? You know, like it sort of injected some humor mm-hmm. just to see the culture clash between these interviewers who just hadn't, you know, no concept yeah. at all of where he's coming from. Well, I think and vice that... versa. He had no concept of what they were talking right, about sometimes. Right. I think that that was his struggle through the whole book and maybe why he wrote it the way he did because no matter how much he wanted to not um, portray being a hillbilly or having that as his background, that is how he grew up. And so that is going to taint your worldview he, yeah, he said but I, that's the part that, I connected to, was yeah. seeing some of those stories. Right. You know. He said that at one point his self-image was bitterness masqueraded as arrogance. And, you know, as an mm. adult, people saw him yeah. as very arrogant. And he was really, that wasn't it at all. He was bitter about how he grew up and about the experiences that he had to yeah. face as a kid. Because, oh my goodness, some of these things no kids should have to see or hear right. or experience. Right. Um, so well, I think that's often the case. The people who are the biggest braggarts and the most in your face about stuff are secretly insecure. Yes. You know? Yeah. There's something behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of the broad picture for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely, were there, were there specifics you wanted to hit on? Um, uh, I'm trying to think, um, I will say I did a little bit of research, not, I wouldn't even call it research. I just kind of went around on the web, just seeing what people were saying about it and just kind of getting some, some feedback. And, um, there was kind of, it's interesting because this book came out in 2016, Yep. um, which of course was a big election year when Trump was voted in. Mm. And so a lot of people saw this as being sort of an answer to mm. why Trump is in office almost. Mm. And um, in the years since, like, so it, it seems like a lot of like critics and even just regular readers really embraced it at first. And of yeah. course, you know, there's, there's a, um, uh, is it a movie? I yes, believe it's a movie. It is. This is one thing um, on I did want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was widely embraced and people know about it and people have heard about it and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in the years since, a lot of like criticisms have come up mm-hmm. about the book and about J.D. Vance mm-hmm. and just in general, I think as a response to the election and yeah. everything that was going on in our society and um, so I just find it interesting because the book itself sort of has a timeline yeah. that that brings out some interesting things. And so a lot of people that I found who have sort of re- responded since or responded yeah. even to like the movie yep. mm-hmm. um, were talking about kind of a lot of pro- just problems that they saw yep. with the memoir itself mm-hmm. and sort of trying to say that he, you know, tries to portray himself as a pull myself up by the bootstraps kind of story when really he had a lot of help or talking about him trying to portray his story as being typical of Appalachia when they don't believe that's the case. And some of these people are, you know, some of these writers are 
what they would call themselves hillbillies and they're like I just don't see my story in his and Mm -hmm. I don't you know like I don't Mm -hmm. believe that's I don't or I don't believe how he describes it is Mm -hmm. correct or what you know whatever um and of course in a free society all of that's expected right but I just find the timeline super interesting yes yeah um like I think I think what you were saying about the the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps has been a really controversial thing with this book because, um, you know, if you just read the book, you think, yeah, he, um, he came out of this horrible situation and, um, was able to go to law school, was in the Marines, you know, all these different things. And a lot of people that rubs them the wrong way because, They still think, well, but he's still a white male in America, you know, all these different things. Right. But I will say, I will say. But what's interesting is he says he doesn't identify that way. Like he doesn't see himself. He doesn't, he doesn't see himself as like. Yeah. In a class that should succeed. Right. And that's very controversial in and of itself. Yes, it is. Because most people will say. That is, you know, that is his reality that is his perception and that is how he grew up right yeah he saw things that we can't start to judge you know what I mean like right not judge but we can't start to understand because we didn't grow up in that situation right so we can't say well that's ridiculous that you wouldn't identify as a white man when you're you know <clears throat> you look at you you look at him now and he's a lawyer and rich and he's published a yeah. book and all these different things. But we don't, we haven't experienced his background. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a fine line between, um, you know, wanting to uh, understand somebody and at the same time, um, saying yes but this is true like this is real this is reality does that make sense yeah like yeah so I I totally think that what he says is valid I think that his experiences obviously were real oh yeah for sure I mean this is his story right exactly and I think that when people like poo poo it or put it down just because he's you know white is it does a disservice to everybody yeah I agree although I will say I think some people more um are inclined to say some of that stuff because of the way that he wrote it Mm. he wrote it um not just as a memoir but he put in a lot of stuff that was sort of commentary on the entire Appalachian society and how it works and what their mindset is when I mean you know, for the statistic side of it, I mean, yeah, you if the numbers are real, then they're real. Exactly. But right. for the, but of course, of you know, caveat, you can make numbers say what you want, but whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he, you know, he having wrote it that way, it does open it up a little more to mm-hmm. um, some of those suggestions. And I'm not saying they're valid. I'm just saying right. that, that. Because of the way he wrote it. And again, the way he wrote it was because of his upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that he was... to make a valid point and have it not be like, it's just my hillbilly, stupid Because if he had done more of a memoir, I don't know if people would have taken him as seriously or if they would have... uh, And you might be right. ...listened to it or debated it even as... Yeah. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have debated it. You might be right. So maybe he felt like he had to write it that way. Yeah. He had to give the proof I, behind. You definitely, I think that's probably valid. Yeah. Um, but for me, I feel like it's a shame because I personally mm. feel like, um, I I feel like the story tells itself if you let it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. Um, and that's how I connect with, with this type of writing, with right. memoirs and that kind of thing. Right. Had you ever heard the name of Rust Belt? No. I mean, I'm not even sure I knew that was, like, 
a thing. Yeah. And I, what are we even talking about when we say Rust Belt? Because I don't know if that's supposed to include Appalachia or if that's more like Ohio, Indiana. Well, I think Illinois Appalachia sort of. Begin, doesn't it start in Ohio? So part of Ohio, Kentucky, um, which is where he was raised. Yeah. So. Because to me, Rust Belt makes it sound like it's a place where industry used to be really big yeah. and is no longer big, mm-hmm. which I guess would probably include, yeah, like Kentucky and Appalachia, you know, Tennessee, yeah. Kentucky, Appalachia, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, North Carolina, whatever you want to include, I guess, yeah. in that region. Yeah. Um, that's what it connotes to me, and I don't even know if that's what it's supposed to mean, but that's what it sounds like to me. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that either. Anyway... Total side note there, but yeah, yeah, so that was kind of just some of my takeaways, but I will say, like I said, at the end, when he started kind of giving some really specific Mm -hmm. stories that didn't necessarily, weren't just in there for, hey, here's what my, here's what my upbringing looked like, you know, drugs and constantly moving houses and going back and forth between Ohio and Kentucky and this kind of thing. Um, Just some of those little incidents that made it more relatable to me. Yeah. I guess. Um, I thought his mom was really intriguing because there would be times where she would be on it. She seems like she would be a good mom. She was trying. And then there would be times of just utter chaos and the, the alcohol abuse, the drugs, the bad boyfriends. Um, yeah. Well, that makes complete sense to me because because I struggle with um, consistency and faithfulness mm. in every area of my life you can possibly think mm. of. So it's like if I'm on, yeah. I'm on. Yeah. If I am off, I am off. Yeah. So it's like I, that made that actually I could really relate to that. Okay. Um, it's not the same manifestation. No. No. But it's the same root. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. It's like she could she could sort of pull herself up and be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna get a degree. Yeah. I'm gonna go to you know go work and provide for my kids. Mm-hmm. I met this guy. He's into drugs. I'm going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. it, and it was just this constant cycle. Yeah. Um. So that for me was super relatable. But yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's not. It it looks very different. Yeah. So there's still intrigue to it for me. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. What that specific. Um. You know, working out of it would look like. Mm-hmm. Um. But I definitely. Yeah, you feel for him for sure. Like this, mm-hmm. just rotating revolving door of yeah. father figures that he just. I mean, and and it was almost. I couldn't tell if it was more sad that he didn't care anymore because right. there's that heart wrenching, um, you know, way of looking at it where when they're really little, you know, the first time it happens, of mm-hmm. course they, Oh, daddy, yeah. you know? And yeah. then by the time he's a teenager, he's like, whatever, yeah. dude who you're sleeping with now, yep. he's going to be gone in six months mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to like make small talk with it, whatever, right. you know? Right. I don't know which was more sad. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Well, I and I think that's why his relationship with his grandpa was so important and vital you yeah. know, for him. Yeah. But it, it also makes you think about just the huge um, responsibility of fathers to yeah. have a, a place in their, in their uh, kids' lives and to be present yeah. and, um, we were actually, Nathan and I were talking about statistically when it comes to um, church, uh, kids are, I can't remember the exact statistics, of course, but uh, <clears throat> they're like 90 some percent more likely to continue going to church if they go with a father figure and the rest of their family than if they just go on their own. Or they go with just a mom. If they go with just their mom, it's like it drops to like 60-some percent. And then if they go by themselves, it goes to like 40-some percent or something like that. I mean, it was like huge drops, you know. Yeah. Um, But it just reminds you of the charge that fathers have in the lives of their their kids. Um, Yep. 
And it's just a, a kind of eye-opening in that regard. I think a, a lot of the major issues in our society kind of circle back to yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think there's been a huge attack on the nuclear family uh, in the last, yes. you know, couple years even. Um, but I also think he makes a great point for looking outside of the nuclear family. Yes. Um, for those father roles. Yes. You know, because some here's a people kid who don't it's have like, that, you know, can't, yeah. you know, single mothers or widows or, yeah. you know, there's so many examples, but, um, yep. yeah, you have to be intentional. I think that's the, the main yeah. thing. You have to be intentional when it comes to, if you're raising a child, they need father figures. They yeah. just do, especially if they're boys. Yep. Um, I, I think that it, it, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that he makes a really good case for the system being broken in mm-hmm. how we look at guardianship yes. for kids whose yes. nuclear family is just, ir- you know, irreversibly damaged. And we just look at, we want to get them back with their parents. We want to get yep. them back with their parents. Mm-hmm. We want to get them back with their parents. Yep. Well, you know, that's not always the best place. Yep. It just isn't. Yep. And, and for him to say, like, I had stability, it was right there, mm-hmm. but the courts didn't want to give it to mm-hmm. me, yep. is tragic. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you know, get he, me started grandma, on that, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, his grandma and grandpa were sitting there like, hey, we'll yeah. take him anytime you want to, you know, yep. but he had to finagle and kind of deceive his way yep. into, you know, being able to have that, that fallback position. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what about the kids that are in that position to do that? They go right, back if you have to nobody. the yeah. traumatic home life. Yeah. And it's incredibly yeah. broken and incredibly sad. Yeah. And it just keeps happening because you know what? It's I... all about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said don't get me started on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's true. And I think you do. I mean, you know, I, I think we can all pretty much agree on that. It's, yeah. It, that it's that that part of it is broken. I don't disagree that if we can possibly get them back with the parents, yes. that's that's great. But, yes. you know, I think you need to look further outside of that, like he said, because um, even just outside of his grandparents, yeah. he had an aunt who was more than willing to take him. Yeah. And he had uncles who he talks about, like, they were who showed me how to be a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't love the picture, but it was better than nothing. Right. Right. And, you know... Um, yeah, so we we got to look at what else is available mm-hmm. instead of just focusing completely and solely on where mom mom or dad yeah mom or dad mom or dad yeah you know yeah how many times mom or dad you know right seven eight right is it time to maybe look outside of mom and dad infinite <laughs> at like yeah. that's the thing they get as many many chances as they. At least in the experiences yeah. that I have seen. And it right. always goes the same way. <laughs> it, and what's sad to me is that mom and dad will always, I mean, unless they die, they'll always be there. Mm-hmm. It's not like down the road, once you're an adult, you can't initiate, um, you know, a, a relationship again. Right. If you're in a safe place and you feel like right. that's something you can do. Right. But in the meantime, right now, they need something stable. They don't need to keep going in and out of mom and dad's right. house. Yeah. Yeah. And foster system, frankly, a lot of times isn't much better. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we've seen that in our family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. So, anyway, I think he, re- he made a really good case for that, yeah. too. And that was something that I really hope is, is keeping the conversation going about that. Yeah. And, and that people helping, can look at know, that in this book and not just like kind of skim over it because right know, this book does get a lot of flack and so right yeah did you um did you watch the movie no and I wish I would have because it's on my list my um Netflix list to be watched and I don't I actually don't have it right. I yeah. don't have Netflix right now. Yeah. Um, but at once at some point we will probably get it back, and I would like to watch yes. it because it definitely has some. Um, uh, 
I, I'd like to compare the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I actually thought you had seen it. No. I thought you saw it before you read the book. So I was like, this will be interesting no, because you already saw I it. I really wish I would have watched okay. it, though. Okay. But. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to find out, but that'll be for another time, I guess. Yes. So. <laughs> Maybe we can watch it together this Christmas. Well, I do, I do like, I love Amy Adams and yes. I haven't seen Glenn Close in I a million years. I love Amy like, Adams. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting uh-huh. to see how she portrays his mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his, and Mamma Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that he told us how to pronounce it too. I think I that's know. so adorable. <laughs> Don't, you awesome. do not call her Mama. It's not Mama. It's Mamma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was really cute. I mean, honestly, I think that's all. All I really. Have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a different kind of read because it was very. Um, it was heavily researched, you know. So right, there's a lot yes. of statistics in there, and um, yeah, yeah. But uh, hey, let's read it if you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, what would you give this book? So, I am going to give it a eight o'clock. Okay. Um, because I do think it made a lot of valid points, and his actual story, um, you know, had some some moments of real, just like humor, and you know, mm. um, yeah, it, it was. But it's definitely not my favorite style mm-hmm. of book because it did lean so heavily into. Um, here's my experience and I'm also going to try to prove it kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I, I prefer if the story just kind of tells itself mm-hmm. a little more. Yeah. Um, not that I don't, I mean, it, it's fine to include all that other stuff, but for me, I just, yeah. I just prefer more of a yeah. story. So, so if it so were for written, me, I'm giving it an eight o'clock, which, if it were which is a three. Differently, do you think you would have given it a higher rating? I may have. I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was feeling intellectually lazy about it. And like, Mm. I'm not sure I want to delve into that Mm. because I am the type of person that will avoid controversy (laughs) if at all possible. Yes. And this book feels controversial because it's saying a white man felt like he couldn't get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, I don't know if I want to touch that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I know that sounds incredibly. Nope. I totally understand. (sighs) Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, so that, that's where I'm coming from with it. I definitely, I, there was a piece of me that was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, again, that's my, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to use the word. That's my privilege that I don't have to think yeah. about that. Yeah. But yeah, my, my sort of like, don't don't uh, don't rock the boat mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. sort of came into play a bit yeah um so it made but you even beyond that it's definitely book. yes yeah. yeah um but also again it's just not super right right my, my style mm-hmm. so I so I'm giving it a three I'm giving it a, a eight o'clock um definitely worth worth a read but for me not my favorite yeah so I gotcha yeah. Well, I would say I would probably give it a Javalia, which is a four. Okay, um, nice. Because I, on the other hand, enjoyed reading all of that. And not that I can grasp or remember all those statistics. I can't. But to right. me, no. that that style of memoir or writing um, did exactly what he intended, I think. It, it oh, nice. drew me in and then it caused me to be like yeah well the numbers say you know so for me it was very um eye-opening on like a lot of different levels um when it comes to culture society um life experiences of people who live in Appalachia so um I and I do I, I think I've said this before. I do like to learn about other cultures, and this is another culture. Um, yeah. So. Uh, What's amazing to me is I think that basically you almost live in an area that could sort of fit into this. Yeah. Uh huh. Kind of subculture. Yeah. And yet it is a subculture. So even though it's all, in a you know, probably around you quite a bit more than you realize, yes. it's just 
kind of invisible yes. if you're not in it. Yes. And, um, you know, the area right next to us, the town next to us that my husband teaches at, this is like pure... <laughs> This is what mm-hmm. some of these kids experience. And mm-hmm. we have seen yep. in the school trauma after trauma mm-hmm. after trauma yep. when it comes to these kids. And uh, the, the drug... Back to foster care. Yep. Back to the house. Yep. Back to foster the care. Drug back to the use, house. The different parents, the messed up families, yeah. the grandparents raising their grandchildren, the third generation yep. of, you know having babies young like it's just Mm -hmm. the the um mindset of we're gonna live off the government oh a child has graduated i need to have another baby so that we can get x amount of money you know um just it's this is what we live in and i am blinded to it most of the time because I, that's not the circles that I run in necessarily, Yeah, you know, Yeah. Um, but my kids do, my husband does, yeah. and yeah. I need to be aware of it. I, yeah, yeah. I just find it interesting because I, you know, we, we lived in Tennessee, of course, yeah. you know, maybe some people don't know, but we lived in Tennessee for almost 10 years and I felt the same way. Like, yeah. this is kind of all around us, yeah. but I don't see it because yeah. it's not my it's not my particular yeah call it's not my culture yeah it's like a whole subculture that's right next to you and all around you but you don't see it yeah and it takes on a whole different dynamic too when it comes to ministry because um you know I get hit up at Walmart all the time like for money or food or whatever and um you know you have to really wrestle with the idea of like the balance between how to help. Yes. How to truly help. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, and what does God require of me? Um, because it is a different mindset for them. It's, uh, you know, they might say they have no money, but that's their, also asking 90 to 100 other people that day for the same thing. So <clears throat> yeah. they probably have more money in their pocket right now than I do. So yeah. it's a it's a whole different level of what what does God want me to do yeah. in this situation. Does that make sense? Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. And in fact, um, the other day I ran into a guy on the street that I saw him and we don't see many homeless people in Woodbury but he looked homeless and um I drove past him and I just felt the Holy Spirit being like I think you need to talk to him um so I turned around you know and and was like I just feel like I need to pray for you you know and and that was so good like he he didn't, um, you know, I think it caught him off guard, but, um, I just, I prayed for him and, uh, he was headed to the laundry mat and he did say, I said, is there anything I can get you like any food or whatever? And he was like, I just need a shower. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't give that to you. You know, like, cause I wasn't going to be like, come to my house like because uh, yeah. I was alone and you know right. all these different things but um you know it just makes you <laughs> it just I don't know it just made me feel hopeful and sad at the same time <laughs> yeah but um you know it's it's all around and yeah how do I minister to these people yeah um, but yeah, I mean, that was something we prayed about that he would get a shower that day and that somehow God would provide that. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's heavy. Yep, it's I know hard. exactly what you're talking about. Yep. But, but I think taking it away from just a question of 
what what is the x amount of dollars that i exactly. can give you into a place of love yes. and genuinely what is your human need right yes. now i understand you might want money but what do you what is your actual yeah, need yeah. inside your heart and that's why i and not just and, and not trying to say that so that you don't have to give money because right i'm more not, than willing that's not to it give either. money you know if i feel like somebody needs money like right. i had gone but, you know but that can become an, an easy, almost an easy out too, exactly. to just throw money at it yeah. instead of actually opening your heart up and saying, Lord, how do, exactly. how am I to be Christ to this person yeah. right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Well, I th- yeah, I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. So wrap her up. you want to talk about, you want to talk about next time and some of that stuff? Yeah. So, um, first of all, our next book is the stationery shop and I can't remember the author's name because I forgot to look it up. So yeah, I, I <laughs> sorry I, I about apologize. that. I can't remember. But it's called the stationery shop, um, and it is a rather light read. Um, not you know, a little different than this time. So um, yeah, I'm sure many of historical you, fiction. Yeah, many of yeah. you will enjoy it if you pick it up before our next podcast. But um, also, Laura and I were talking, and apparently. On Spotify, if you listen to us on Spotify, they have a new feature where we can ask you guys questions and you can answer us on Spotify. And I believe you have to click on Spotify and scroll down um, on that episode and there will be a question. So if you want to interact with us a little bit, we would so love for you to do that. We'd love it. Now, if you don't listen to us on Spotify, don't worry about that. You can also go to our Facebook page where we will be starting to ask the same questions um, for each podcast. So we'll have the question on Spotify and we'll also have it on our Facebook page. So those are just grounds for discussion podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who maybe haven't checked it out yet, go to Facebook grounds for discussion podcast. Yes. And that's just a cool way for us to be able to connect with you. We really... Um, we lo- we'd love to make the discussion bigger. Yeah. I love talking to Becky about these books. It's so much fun, but I, I know that she would agree that we would both love to yes. kind of interact more on some of these questions that come out of the books. Yeah. And so. it opens up more, um, things to talk about, um, yeah. on the podcast too, which is yep. fun for us. So yeah. if you want to, um, answer what, I mean, it's like not. You don't have to write an essay, folks. It's just like, uh, yeah. you know, it's just like <laughs> a one sentence, you know, question that you can answer or you yep. can do it longer if you want. But um, we would love to hear from you. So check us out on Facebook, Grounds for Discussion podcast, or you can click on the Spotify um, Grounds for Discussion and scroll down and find the question also. So thank you so much for joining us for this um, this discussion. We've really enjoyed talking with each other yes. and with you guys. So make sure you join us next time on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.